You know the one thing that you never asked about tofu? What? If it was humanely raised or not. <laughs> yes. Welcome to Consume for Good. I'm Emily. And I'm Billy. And we're just an everyday couple stumbling our way through plant-based keto. This is our, our journey into <laughs> yes, thank you for joining. And then just to start us off, just remember that this is our take on how this this goes. And if you're looking to make a switch as drastic as plant-based or keto or both, just make sure you consult a professional before going down those roads. So as we said last week, our topic will be protein this week. And that definitely is, I think, one of the largest changes that you see. Because obviously your protein previously would be meats, dairy, eggs, all things that now are plant-based, you don't eat. So that change of where you're getting your protein is a huge one. So it's definitely an important topic to make sure that you are getting enough protein and getting that into your diet. For us, we have been fortunate to sort of be at a time where there's lots of meat-free, plant-based protein sources. So it's definitely, I think if you were doing this in the 70s or so, it would be black beans and chickpeas, that would be it. But we're lucky that there's quite a few options out there. Yeah, and some of the options that we are pretty accustomed to, and, and some of these we used variations before we switched. You know, one of the big ones is protein powders and protein bars. There's a lot on the market. I think one of the things that we'll discuss a little bit later is, is those things can or have carbs or don't have enough fat. So there's some adjustments that need to be made. Uh, like you said, there's a lot of great meat substitutes out there, um, you know, Beyond Meat and Morningstar and all these different things. And, and realistically, our goal is to maybe kind of step away from those later in the road. But when you're making those transitions, as, as we've talked about in past episodes, it's nice to have something a little bit familiar to kind of help that transition to make it so you're not just jumping into the deep end. Um, and then obviously one of the big ones that you know we joke about and a lot of people joke about is tofu. But realistically, tofu is a great source of, of protein in, and even though people will complain that it doesn't have enough flavor, that is probably the best part about it because you can really adapt it to fit within many different recipes when when cooking to really kind of increase the variety of what you what you can eat. Definitely, and I think with more and more people eating tofu, there's a lot more you can easily find a tofu press to get some of the liquid out to make it a more recognizable texture. And I think with things like air fries and all that, there's lots more ways to give it texture. I um, previous it might have been a bit Sponge-esque. <laughs> yeah. And the nice thing is, is if you're looking for maybe that inconsistency, a silken tofu uh, is going to be great. Uh, and then also if you're looking for more of that kind of meat texture replacement, a firm tofu is going to be also just as good for adding in flavor and kind of adding into a dish to really kind of keep that. I don't know if you're, you're really looking for something that like has to re resemble a meat or an animal-based product exactly. But sometimes having that kind of representation helps you visualize the plate and go, okay, I'm still eating right and eating the right. And, and I'm, my portions are correct in what I'm going to go after. For sure. I think it's that, I think that we're all hardwired to see our plates and, and need to see that variety. So, you know, <laughs> protein, fats, carbs. And I think when you just have vegetables or something on it, your brain feels like there's something missing sometimes. So tofu maybe doesn't taste or look like meat, but it definitely helps your brain see that there is the protein piece of this meal. Um, and so it, it doesn't feel like you're missing out on anything because, well, you're supplementing with more protein and a different texture than your vegetables. Yeah. 
Definitely. And uh, also when it comes to kind of that Monday substitute, things like Beyond Meat have really kind of looked at it as trying to be an actual replacement. As we kind of go into that, they've actually tailored a lot of their formulation to be very similar to that of an actual like burger patty. Uh, obviously, if you've had the taste, you know, it's it's not 100% on. But I think, like you said earlier, the upside is, is having those options, you can now go to a barbecue, either you bring your own or the people that are barbecuing, you know, buy that version. And at least you're not, not, not necessarily being difficult because, you know, obviously you shouldn't be forced to eat something that you, you don't want to eat when going over to someone's house. But having those options makes it a lot easier. And you're not, I feel like, you're not constantly having to explain, well, I can't eat this. This is why I can't eat this. And, you, you know, you spend an hour going on why you're doing what you're doing. And it sometimes it just falls on deaf ears because of like, oh, silly, silly vegetarian, get out of here. You know? yeah. like, but, you know, we're doing it for a reason. You know, we, we, we see the inhumanity of the, you know, animal products that are being used. Or, you know, we also see that there's some kind of adverse effect on our environment and we want to be better. We're just trying to be better students of that. So I think that when looking at it, one of the cool things is, is and this is as kind of the standard, I pulled up an 80-15 uh, ground meat and everything has been uh, calculated to like a four ounce portion. Uh, so for the ground meat, you're looking at about 290 calories roughly uh, with 31 grams of protein, zero carbs, zero fiber. Uh, 17 grams of fat, which is quite a bit of fat in, in a product. So obviously with that zero carbs, zero fiber, you have no net carbs, which is great, especially on keto, right? The idea is to try and get as low on the carbs as possible. Now to kind of look at Beyond Meat and how they're formulated, you're looking at the same four ounce serving. You're looking at about 260 calories at 20 grams of protein, so about 11 grams of protein less. So you have to kind of keep that in mind when, when factoring in how you're eating as a whole for the entire day. It does have five carbs. So obviously we're all also adding in those carbs, two grams of fiber, uh, 18 grams of fat. They definitely have added in fat to not only give it kind of more of that meaty texture, but that that like fat part too. The fillingness, yeah. And uh, so that gives you about Three net carbs, which is I think pretty good. It's pretty close. It's closer than I thought it would be, definitely. Yeah, and then you know, kind of obviously we talked about meat crumbles also. Morning star, yeah. Yeah, we use Morning Star and this is based on their stuff. I had to kind of switch up the uh serving to kind of change grams to ounces to make it make sense. But for four ounce serving, uh you're looking at about 120 calories. So if you're looking for like making sure that you're getting your calories, it is going to be a little bit less. So you have to keep that in mind. I have found that I think that proportion wise, this is ends up being about a cup in a portion size. So I think you can go up a little bit more if you want to. Um, so with that one cup of serving of four ounces, you're looking about 18 grams of protein, which is fairly good. Uh, four carbs, four fiber. So those are your net carbs. And then you're also getting, but you're only getting four grams of fat. So I know that we added and some tea oil to kind of bring the fat levels up on that. And then as kind of the, the, the go-to staple. So for tofu, uh, you're looking about 102 calories per four ounce serving, uh, which equals about 12 grams of protein, uh, four carbs, one and a third fiber, uh, five and a third 
uh, grams of fat, and then that ends up being about 2.66 grams of, of carbs. So obviously very low, a little bit lower in protein, a little bit, uh, a little bit higher in, in carbs, and pretty low in fat. So those are definitely, when it comes to tofu and using it as a, a animal product substitute within uh, plant-based keto, there are obviously a few extra things you have to pay attention to. And that's, I think, kind of why we started the Text Protein with protein powder. We definitely stopped the plant-based keto without protein powder, and we just were not getting anywhere near enough. So for us, that's kind of how we start our day. Protein powder shake with some peanut butter in it to give it some texture and some taste, um, some MCT oil to cook it up. Um, and that's a really important part of it. You guys know like tofu, um, a lot of the moist-style crumbles, and those are both on the lower ends of protein, lower ends of calories as well. Um, and so we saw that need pretty early on to add in that protein powder to make sure that we were getting enough. There are so many plant-based um, protein powders out there, lots of flavors, and we, and we just get asked to target. It's not like we're going to a specialty store. They definitely can be expensive, same as all protein powders, but they're not out of the realm of normally priced. Um, but it is definitely, I think for us, we found an important part of our diet to supplement because we did notice, although it's closer than I thought, um, all of those proteins, but the difference between like brown meat and tofu, brown meat is 31 grams of protein versus 12 grams mm -hmm. of protein. That's under half. It is definitely important. If that's your everyday, you would have been opting for a total one a day if we are eating all those foods. Yeah, and to kind of put that four ounces of tofu into context, that's about a third of a block of tofu is really what that is. So, and I think once you press out a lot of the water and that stuff, you can definitely eat a lot more, but to kind of keep it in context, I wanted to make sure that this portion size were the same across the board so you can understand that, yes, you can still get these elements that you need, like protein from these these different, different types of meat substitutes, but obviously if you're using them, there needs to be some adjustments. You're probably gonna be eating a little bit more. And sometimes when you're eating a little bit more, it, it, it messes with your head, I think. You know, you're, you're a two-cup portion. You, you feel like that's a big portion, but realistically, what you're actually getting out of that two cups versus one cup or versus a burger patty is going to be quite different. So it's just making sure that you really look at, at those. And, you know, we've talked about tracking apps in the past. And that is where those really help out because you can see those trends of I'm not getting enough calories or I'm not getting enough fat or I'm getting too much of something. And then you can start adjusting accordingly. Definitely. And I think there's so many other choices out there. We've talked about ones that are really um, low carb and ones that are easy for us to feed them. Moist stuff, crumbles, beyond meat. Beyond meat's kind of big. I think now it's one of the names that a lot of stores are promoting. But there are lots of other brands. There's Baca Burgers, which I know has been around for a long time. That's what I used to eat when I was, you know, a vegetarian back when I was 13. And there's corn, which is big in Europe. That's, I would say, the biggest one. There's was that one that Garden or it's something like Garden and they focus a lot more like wings or orange chicken. Like they really try yeah. to replicate more of the meal piece rather than just a, a meat substitute. They mm -hmm. want to add that flavor. Those are all again great choices of plant based. They just are a bit carbier. They seem to have a bit more um they're more often breaded or something like that. So there's a gluten, there's more mm -hmm. carbs in them. So we, we do avoid them sometimes, but we definitely have had them in the past. So when thinking about this, what is really the bigger differences? Obviously, we kind of 
to hit on a couple of the topics a little bigger, the lower protein, lower fats, maybe higher in carbs. But I think some of the other things like there are obviously carbs that now you have to factor into your what your allotted carbs are for the day to fit your macros. Um, but also I think cost is definitely a big factor in this. You know, a two pack of Beyond Meat burgers can range from seven dollars to ten dollars depending on what sales are going on at the at the grocery store. So you know, when you compare that to you know a pound of of, of meats, that you know it might only be like three or four dollars at the most. So I think that that is definitely one of those things where those meat substitutes are great, but some of the ones that are more realistic or really trying to emulate what they're replacing tend to have a higher cost to them. So if you're looking at keeping your costs down, I know that tofu has definitely been more of our go-to when it comes to those lower cost uh, alternative sources of protein. Yeah, definitely. Even shops like Sprouts, you know, one of those types of tofu that is plenty for us for the meal is what, three bucks? You know, that definitely is a cheaper option and it's pretty easy across the board, irregardless of the brand, the carbs stays pretty same because it's the same thing. It's soy-based tofu, whereas each of the meat substitutes, everyone has their own sort of concoction that makes them. So you do have to be wary of what you're picking up if you are kind of changing it out that way. Whereas tofu, I think you can be pretty confident in what you're picking up and just being wary of any flavor because some tofu is flavored. Um, but that may add, that's the only thing that might add carbs, but definitely, I think for us, it's been something that we didn't really start with. I think we went only to the kind of meat substitutes, but now that we're into it, we really enjoyed having tofu. For us, one of the biggest things is, is that we started experimenting with different flavors with the tofu to really kind of make it a little bit more exciting. Um, not to say that it has to be more exciting to be eaten, but I think that being able to get that variety really keeps you kind of on that, that path which is really nice. And then once again, the other downside that we touched on a little bit is, is just make sure that you're adding in enough fats for your day and making sure that you're hitting your macros. So uh, like we've discussed in previous episodes, having uh, a good source of, of fats like MCT oil, uh, coconut oil, you know, different things like that on hand because you're probably going to have to add those in to make sure that you're making up for what you're missing uh, that you would normally get in um, you know, an animal-based product. Definitely. Definitely. I think you have to be sort of proactive with that because that's what we've done a lot of things that we find would be lacking in the fats. It's very easy to get the carbs, protein, once you get into it, it's easy, but the fats are yeah. definitely difficult. So for this week, we'll do wins and fails again, just like we always do. I'm going to start with fails. And I think fails have been me trying to find ways to add variety to our diet. We're going to talk a bit about it at the end, but we have been talking about changing up a few things and adding more. And I've really been trying to find recipes of um, plant-based keto with either something sweet in the evening or other meals. And a lot of the recipes are really disappointing, I think, when you get to the fine print. Like we've tried a few and they just didn't taste as great as we promised they would. Or the ones where they look like they would taste good and look at the ingredients and kind of like, yeah, this seeing what it is, it will taste great. When you actually look at the serving size, it's really disappointing. We found this great, I call them Marina shortbread, so it's shortbread, caramel, and chocolate on top. Obviously, um, plant-based, all plant-based ingredients claim to be keto-friendly. And I was looking at the ingredients, yeah, you could do that, sounds about right. And then when I get down, it's each square, which is a half inch by half inch square, is like six carbs. So that's not even a full bite. It's a nibble for six <laughs> carbs. <laughs> a morsel. And I think that 
Yes. I have definitely found that frustrating to give yeah. out recipes and they will promise to be plant-based or um, keto-friendly. I think keto-friendly is like the slightest phrase ever, right? Because it's, yeah. if you, and I guess if you do have more carbs, it is. If you're having more carbs, then it is. But I think finding stuff that does meet our personal choice of carbs um, and and still tasting worthwhile has been a real struggle. And there's so many blogs and Pinterest and everything out there, Instagrams, that they are, again, trying to find followers and try and gain support. So I think sometimes people use the hashtag of plant-based or use the hashtag of keto when it maybe doesn't fit with them. Well, how do you define it? Mm-hmm. Maybe for them it does fit in that restriction, and that's great. But I think for us it's that constant reading the fine print, double-checking. Oh, yeah. And so it's really just that how do you fine-tune those recipes. For us, without taking so much out of it, that it's not worth it. I would say... We've said it before, if it feels too good to be true, double check the, the size. You know, like you said, it's great. All of a sudden, six carbs for a dessert that is a pretty decadent dessert. I mean, your shortbread is, I agree. I consider that pretty decadent. So being able to see something that's low in carbs, it hits that sweet tooth, you know, hits all those kind of factors and then realize that, you know, it's basically, you know, a small bite and you're done. So I, I would say dessert-wise, that has definitely been a struggle of trying to find a little normalcy and understanding that we, we see that desserts are going to be higher in carbs because it is a dessert, right? You know, most carbs and, and things come from the sh- added sugar. So that is going to be kind of where that give and take is within, within how you build this into your diet. But it is kind of frustrating when you are utilizing you know, this idea of keto-friendly and it being very deceptive and, well, yeah, it's keto-friendly if you have half a portion or half of a half of a portion, and that's only two carbs. But when you have a full portion, it's, you know, it's 10 carbs. And if you're looking at, you know, 59 carbs per day, then, I mean, there, there's a fifth of your carbs in just a small bite. Yeah. That is it, you know, and then that's where you really, you know, we have to go back and forth and, and we've gotten to admit this is, this looks great, but is it worth it within us? Is it worth us venturing out to hit that iconic taste that we might be looking for? And then, you know, sometimes I think we find ourselves going, well, okay, cool. We're going to go with it. We're going to eat the carbs. We're not going to worry about it. And we'll do it. And it just doesn't quite hit that taste or that niche or whatever we were looking for. And then it's this kind of almost like guilt, I would say, of, Man, I just wasted all that time baking this thing to, you know, and not really hit that that satisfaction. So I think, you know, there's going to be those recipes that you come across and, and things that, you know, even the stuff that we put on our, all the recipes that we put on might not be for everybody. But I think it's really kind of having that, you know, holistic view of how it incorporates into what you're eating that day or that week. And then also, you know, what is the long term goal of having something that you can eat. Uh, you know, that hits that, that kind of that sweet tooth that helps you kind of get through the week. Those are really nice things to have. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And there are, there are ones that we have found. Smart Sweets is a great company um, that have a few, they replicate other candies. You know, you can pretty easily tell what they're mimicking, but they don't use as much sugar. So it, it is a great way to kind of, I know I have a sweet tooth, so I almost want to say like adjust your sweetness of how much you would like to have. So it's a great way to that stepping stone. But like you said, not every one of those hits the mark and hits that taste mm-hmm. within you. Some of them taste a bit odd because they are using fake sugar. Some of them 
Um, I know there's lots of sugar free versions of stuff, so there's so many out there. Um, and then just sometimes it's good enough and sometimes it's not. I think it really depends on your personal macros. Like, is that is it a good enough taste versus how much coffee it takes up? Or it could just be how you feel that day of it's this was good enough, this is what I was missing. Yeah, and I, and I definitely we, we do it every once in a while. Just sometimes it's just something we need because it helps us get through that that week. You know, everybody has things going on, things are stressful, and sometimes having a dessert or a little bit more decadent dinner or lunch, you know, sometimes you do need those things. So don't be afraid to add them in and experiment with how how it fits with how this fits within your week. I think that that's one of those things that even for us, we're always discovering new things that work or don't work. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and then trying to figure out how do we make it better as we go but down the road. As we segue kind of into wins, one of the big wins that we found is, and especially being with this episode about, you know, plant-based meat replacements, we found a company called Field Roast, and they make a vegan sausage that comes in like four or five different flavors that would be similar to sausages that you might find at the grocery store. And they were really good. I mean, they definitely kind of hit more of that like sausage texture and feel and taste to really go, okay, well, these might not be a bad thing if we're looking for that, you know, barbecue flavor or if we're doing some kind of maybe Italian dish where it's like an Italian sausage that would be more meaningful to instead of, dare I say, hot dog soup again on the on the on the podcast. It's always nice to find something new as well. I think that's for us. It takes a bit of time finding ones and the constant research. And definitely with plant-based products, they can be more expensive. So rolling the dice on some of those is not always the best, but those definitely the flavor of sausages be great. And and like you said, tasty though grilled sausages, sort of. I think it's been so long since we had them that maybe if you are adjusting tomorrow <laughs> it won't take a second. But for us <laughs> that's great. Um so it was a it was a nice find to find that. And we definitely there's always new things out there. Plant based is a huge thing, so we'll keep trying new products and then they'll fall into one cat one or the other category, win or fail, right? So we'll we'll keep trying them out. So one thing we did want to add to kind of the end of each episode that we'll be talking about are adjustments. So like we said, this is kind of our personal journey as we stumble through it, and there's definitely a lot of stumbling uh, through it. But we wanted to be a bit more transparent about how are we adjusting based on this week. So for us, we have sort of reached up this point where we are going to increase our carbs. And there's a few reasons for it. The first one is that we have lost enough weight that we're sort of plateauing that just our diet isn't enough and we really do need to step up our workouts. So we will be increasing those. And that we obviously need to give our body more fuel for those workouts. So there'll be a bit of fine-tuning, I'm sure, as we figure out how much is the right amount. Um, But we are going to be adding more carbs, more more food in general, just to make sure that our bodies are sufficiently fueled for the working out. The other thing is that we do want to just make sure that we're eating enough food. I think we sort of fall into this weird in-between of we do find some low carb recipes, we find some great meals, stuff that we really enjoy. And then we end up with carbs at the end of the day. And on most days, I would say we have 12 carbs left over. So we've only used about 14 carbs of our day, right? But it's that what do you use those last 12 for? Because anything that's carby will then throw everything else out of whack. And then there's only so much peanut butter one person can eat in a day to like fill this. So I think that's what we're kind of falling down is that we do end up with carbs left over at the end of the day. 
but it's hard to have a good meal without killing everything else at once. So he may be poking up on clouds it kind of lessens that really fine tuning that we are at the really low end of clouds. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and it also uh, I wanna another thing that's really important to us is you know, we wanna make sure that any weight loss that's going on is because we're doing a plant based keto correctly, not just starving our bodies. So that was also a concern of, you know, we want to make sure that we're getting enough food because, you know, there's a, a I would say, an unhealthy way of, of going about this, and we want to make sure that we are on the other side of that fence. So, and that was our concern, and that, that's where we see us kind of adjusting as we go. And, and I think adding in an adjustments made is definitely going to be a great way because, you know, this is definitely, from what I am finding, second time doing keto, first time doing plant-based keto, it's a very fluid diet. It, it's very fluid. It seems like once you find those things that are building blocks that hit the right macros, that you're like, okay, I'm done. But I feel like I'm I'm surprised or I miss something on, on a regular. So I think that it's that being diligent and understanding that it adjusts and you have to adjust with it to sometimes make it fit your lifestyle and how you're you know kind of approaching it in, in that way. For sure. And I think it just helps us be more aware of how we are adjusting our meals and it keeps us from falling into any patterns if we're constantly making these adjustments and being transparent about it then it you know we're not creating a rut of just the same things so i think there'll be two changes for the better and it could give us a bit more um, variety in what we're eating yeah totally well thank you for tuning into episode five it is truly awesome for those that are finding us and listening we're excited that we can share kind of our journey uh, next week, we're going to be going over fats and how we approach fats. Obviously, talking about proteins, a lot of them are fat deficient. So how do we go about putting those back in uh, to make sure we're hitting our macros? Uh, and if you haven't gotten a chance, you can find us at Consume for Good on all the major social media platforms. Plus, we do have a blog and recipes that we put up from time to time on our website. So if those can help you supplement meals, then that's really cool. Um, and then also we're always excited for feedback. So if you see something that looks off or you found a way to make it better, we are all about finding ways to make everything we do better. So feel free to send in your, your uh, requests or your, your comments, uh, good, bad, or indifferent. Uh, you know, we are doing our best and stumbling through this and we're just trying to make the best go of it. Definitely. We always love to try new things, especially. So if you find products and want someone to give it a go, we're happy to do that. 